Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Max, your host here with you, and I'm joined, of course, this week by my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Mark Brew. Hello. And uh, this week we are uh, doing something a little bit out of our norm here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We talk about a lot of 80s, 90s wrestling here on the show. This week we thought we'd, uh, you know, we'd, we'd stop being old farts and uh, watch something a little more modern at least. It's still five years old. It's crazy to think it's five years old already, but it is MLW Battle Riot, the first one from 2018. Um, and this event took place... July 19th, 2018, it aired July 27th as a special episode of MLW Fusion. Um, and it was recorded in New York City at the Melrose Ballroom. And um, I have to say, and I, I talked to Mark about this behind the scenes, at this time, probably from, I'd say, late 2017 until the pandemic hit, I actually did watch MLW pretty regularly. So I had seen this event before. Uh, it's where I became initially a fan of, of Shane Strickland and MJF and a few of the other guys um, that are on this show. So, and I like, I like to, I, I, we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get to them. But um, that is what we are discussing this week, MLW Battle Riot. And um, I, I, it may, it may, actually watching the show made me want to go and, you know, maybe pick up where I left off with MLW and, and start watching it again. But Right. I, I I thought that for a for a, a not major promotion, it was a good promotion. Or I mean, guess it still is. It's still in existence. But Nate's older than me, and I still feel like I'm gonna be like the yelling at the clouds guy. It's probably gonna be me, right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> and, and and I'm gonna preface this by saying that anything that I say negative on it isn't about the talent. Okay. Except one. Except one. Oh, I'll delve well into one. But it's just it's it's and, and like I said, I'm not gonna I, I hate people that um this is actually a we can talk about modern type situations on this show this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it like where we go, oh, I'm not gonna delve into the weeds on the modern stuff. I can say this now. I'm a guy that doesn't totally like the modern product. And uh and like when you guys start talking about it, I kind of bow out because I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Right. But like, I know this is an AEW, but like, I don't watch AEW. And you know why I don't watch AEW? Because you don't like it? Because I don't like it. Yeah. And why would I sit and watch something that I don't like, just be mad at it and then bitch about it? Yeah, that's why I don't, I don't get the hate. I don't get the hate watchers. I don't get the people that watch modern stuff just to shit on it. Like, don't you have anything else to do with your life? Watch a TV show you don't like? Like, like me, I like I've said before, I know I've said it before, I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch Dynamite, and I watch the pay-per-views, but I never watch anything live anymore. That way, I can fast-forward through yeah. I, what I don't want to waste my time watching. Yeah, it's like, 
I don't want to like, like I said, I'm not shitting on the talent because they do something I can't do. But like, I'm not a huge like ladies wrestling fan. Are you allowed to call them ladies wrestlers? I don't know. But I enjoy Bailey because I think Bailey's a, a tremendous heel. I think she's great. Um, I like watching Rhea Ripley. I think she's great. I like watching Asuka because I think Asuka's a tremendous bell-to-bell wrestler. But I don't want to watch Liv Morgan. So guess what I do when Liv Morgan comes on? Fast forward her. So I don't want to watch her. You know what I mean? It's not that I hate her. The women it's, just, it's, not it's just not what I want to watch. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, I hate this." Now I'm gonna get on my fucking typewriter and type about it with my neck beard and talk about how much I hate everything, while the fucking Popeye's chicken grease rolls down my neck beard. Yeah, it's like, yeah, just fast forward the shit. And I might have got lost a little bit, but. What I'm just saying is, if 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 you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Just shut the fuck up and let people that do like it enjoy it. Yep, that's what and I always say. Don't be a goddamn troll. Hate trolls. I guess I'm just not. I and I don't. I guess I just don't understand that. That it's not my personality. So I don't understand that personality type. I don't understand people that hate watch things. And, and I am, I am, um, Aaron, Aaron knows the other thing that is my huge fandom is star Wars and the star Wars, the star Wars fan community is the same way. They like, have the same neck. Every, every time the a movie comes out, they're like, they, they shit on it. So I'm like, why do you keep going if you don't like it? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong like, with you? One of my favorite things that I ever discovered, and, and this isn't even about him, exactly. was the drive-through. I loved the drive-through. Mm-hmm. Right? Jim Cornette's drive-through, fucking loved it because it was him answering questions about old or whatever. Like it was Cornette answering questions from like his time taking pictures to like 97. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the shit I want to listen to. And his show was like an hour and 45 minutes at the most until AEW showed up. And now his show is like seven and a half hours long (laughs) and it's him bitching (laughs) about all of AEW or whatever he doesn't like. And I haven't listened to it in like two years. Now I just get on YouTube and say, and, and type in Jim Cornette about, and like listen to him about why Barbarian didn't have a bigger career. Right. You know, now I just listen to his show and snippets because I don't want to listen to somebody just Complying. shit that they don't like. Yeah. Why did you watch it? And Mark, I know you said, oh, we're going to watch something that's good now. Like, those four shows I picked, I didn't pick them because I didn't hate them. I picked them because I enjoyed the wrestling of it. But, like, 
the stories or the campiness of it. You know what I mean? It's right. not like the shit that I watched I didn't like. It was the shit that I watched was still good because it was solid wrestling, but there was funny stuff in it. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? I, I, I understand. And, and I didn't pick this just because I like it. It was alright, so we're going to get there anyways and talk about the battle right later on, but like that that's a different type of match type. You don't you don't see that type of stuff going on all the time. And I and I figure it'd be nice to talk about something that we haven't talked about. No, I get it. And I enjoyed watching it because it was it was something I hadn't seen before. And like how do I say it? like I don't hate Brutus Beefcake. You know what I mean? But it's fun making fun of Brutus Beefcake because he was good at his job. But I didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right. Sense. Yeah. Well, and it's like I always say whenever I make one of my posts, because you guys I know see my lengthy posts that I that I post when I've had like eight beers in me and I wanna I wanna shit on for the trolls on the internet. Um, it's like I always say in my posts, I always put a sentence in there saying there is nothing wrong with critiquing, even if it's something you like. My problem isn't like what we do where we just are going to critique the things that are silly in said show. My problem is these people, like I said, that are literally on Monday nights, they are sitting down in front of their TV for three goddamn hours just to watch something they don't like so they can go on the internet and get two of their buddies to like their post. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah, and, and they'll be like, they'll be, be like 30 minutes in, there was a botch. 15 minutes later, there was another yeah. botch. <laughs> get over it. It's just annoying. Really. Jesus. <laughs> it is. It's super annoying. It's like, you... And that bugs me, too, when somebody's like, oh, that wrestler botched. It's like, you botched walking to the goddamn cabinet to get a fucking refrigerator hot Frito bag, you fat fuck. You know, it's like, I don't want to say it. Like, I don't enjoy watching Bruce Beefcake. I know I brought him up twice. Twice I brought him up. Do I enjoy watching a Bruce Beefcake match? No. But would I ever go to a show and Ed Leslie was working and I would start chanting, you can't wrestle? No, because guess what? He can. Because he learned how to do it. I can't do that. That's why we are the We Can't Wrestle podcast. podcast. That's why I came up with the title (laughs) of the show. He can do something that I can't do. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, here we go. Battle Riot 2018. Um Great commentating team here. Tony Schiavone and Matt Stryker. I'm a big Tony Schiavone fan, and I am also a big Matt Stryker fan. Matt Stryker does not get enough credit for how good of a color commentator he is. Matt Stryker got actually one of my notes. Matt Stryker actually got some of the best credit that he got because Michael Cole pushed him out. Everything I've read, um, Stryker and Taz and... A couple other guys did not um, treat him the best or put him over enough in the WWE because they thought he might have been like, you know, 
a guy that could take their spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely does a good job. And what did you say, Mark? You said you had the same note. Yeah, that, that Matt Stryker is completely underrated as a commentator. And he has some good lines in this show that I wrote down, but we'll get to those. Um, they do it. They do what they do. What you should do at the beginning of this show, you know, they present Tony Schiavone presenting the rules of a battle riot. What it, what this match entails, um, especially since at this time this was the first one. So you get established with the with the fans what they're going to expect, and then we get a match. The opening match is between Cotto Brazil and Myron Reed, and. I remember at this time thinking these two guys were going somewhere. I don't think they have because I have no idea where either one of them is now. But I thought this was um, I thought this was a good I match. I think Myron Reed actually holds the belt for them right now. I think Myron okay, Reed actually holds the belt for them right that's, now. That's highly possible. Like I said, I haven't honestly I haven't watched the, the program in a few years, so you you're probably right. I didn't think I you guys can talk about it. Like, like I said, I don't want to shit on something that other people like, but I just didn't like this match. I did. I thought. I thought oh, that, I, that, that they they took they took their what do I want to say? They took their size their or their lack of size and used it to their advantage in this match. And I thought the two guys meshed really well. Um, it almost seems like maybe they they came up together because they really they really had a good chemistry in the ring. The one dude, the one dude was so little his nipples touched. <laughs> I do got something that's probably going to pop Aaron though. Uh, Cotto Brazil, he looks like Eddie Eddie Griffin with braided hair. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie Griffin ain't that entertaining either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, overall, uh, I thought it was a great fast paced match and. Both guys are incredible high flyers, and yeah, it was. My, I was. Yeah, my match. only my, my only negative note. My only negative note on the match was they. I think they gave them a little too much time. It was a little too long. Right. Um, but other than that, I liked it. Um, Kota won with a pretty innovative version of the cutter. Um, yeah. And go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say the. the the main thing, and like I said, I don't want to be the the guy like yelling at the clouds or whatever, but I just felt like it was a match where what they were doing was impressive. Like the moves they were doing were impressive, but to me, it just felt like they were doing moves, and there wasn't a lot. There wasn't enough like selling of the moves, like that. Um, and you can um, correct me if I flipped them. But um, Koto, what was it? Koto Brazil? Koto Brazil, yes. I wanted to keep calling him like Coco, like Coco Beware. But Coco Brazil hit two (laughs) fucking amazing looking dives and hit the other dude into the rail. Right? Mm -hmm. But that dude. Yeah, he had those planches. But then, like, 12 seconds later, um, the Cisco-looking dude was, like, up and doing, like, a backflip somersault flip 
after he took those two big fucking launches. Is what I'm saying makes sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, what they were doing looked good, but there wasn't enough registering of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like when you watch Will Ospreay or Zack Saber. You know, you can say yeah. these guys, these guys are really good, but are they good professional wrestlers? I get it. Like that was my only pushback of the matches. I don't think either one, of them, either one of them sold enough of the shit they were doing to each other. All right. Mark was What was that? Like, like, I feel like they should have swapped the tires. Like, uh, that uh, Kodo should have had on the attire that Myron had on, and Myron should have had on his attire because with a name like Kodo Brazil, you would expect them to have the, you know those colors. <laughs> well, the next thing we get after this, like I said, Kodo wins this match. Um, then we get a promo from MJF, who is talking about his upcoming match with the Scuzz Bucket, Joey Joey Ryan. Um, for the middleweight championship of MLW. And I remember, and I, I honest to God, and this is not even the, and Aaron might even remember, I don't know if he does or not, but I remember back at this time telling everybody that I could say it to watch this MJF guy on MLW. He is fucking fantastic. Like I saw it and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to even just because I know he's like one of the biggest stars in the world now. I'm not I'm not making it up. I saw it in that guy, man. He just you could see it. He was just a star waiting to happen. Well, I don't remember you saying that, but yeah, promos are but you can see it here. I was my note was this this interviewer lady is fucking hot. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that is. Good lord. She's a smoke show. And then we get a promo. We get another promo. What this they, one. What's that? The interviewer ladies. What the interviewer lady? What's her name? I have no idea what her name is. Well, she's fucking hot. Well, go ahead. <laughs> the next thing is a well, promo. From, well, we had Aaron's attention there. Yeah, <laughs> he's got five five stars for the for the interviewer lady. All I know is later on, MJF calls her uh, Dollar Store Oprah. So yeah, that's later, but she's she's fucking goddamn Target Oprah <laughs> or Nost- Nordstrom's Oprah. She's <laughs> fantastic. Well, up next we get a promo from Conan, who's going to be in the Battle Riot, um, and then. A promo video for L.A. Park, who is about to be coming to MLW at this time. And then we get a promo from the Scuzz Bucket, Joey Ryan. Discussing the match coming up with MJF. Yeah, Joey Ryan, piece of shit. I, I told yeah, you guys uh, in the chat. It's giving out how I feel about Joey Ryan. I have no respect for for one, even if he wouldn't have the other shit that he did. 
I have no respect for the guy because he insults the professional wrestling business for the gimmick that he does and what he does in the ring. But even outside of the ring, for how he treated women and everything, I have no I have no time for Joey Ryan. Yeah, he's, he's pretty much a disgusting uh, human being. Uh, he's the Weinstein of wrestling. <laughs> like, seriously, he is. He, he, he's a disgusting human being. And the fact that he did the shit that he did is one thing, but then try to counter sue the people that he did that to because they gave him defamation of character is fucking disgusting. I hate that motherfucker. I hate him. Never met him, but I hate him. And there's not a lot. There's like seven people that if I, if they walked into a room, I'd want to fucking drill him in the face. And he's one of them. Fucking hate him. <laughs> Mark, any comments? Uh, it was. I'm I'm with Aaron about the whole gimmick thing. Like, like to me, it was. It's kind of. I'll probably comment more because I have some notes on that. Like the certain shit that happens there is like wow. I have a new door, by the way. It doesn't slam anymore. <laughs> Quiet it is. But no, Joey Ryan is somebody that I think should just be erased. I really do. Like, he's somebody that I don't even want. Like, I hate him so much that I don't even think like he should be talked about. But when somebody brings them up, it's just like, I want to, I just, he's a see you next Tuesday. That's it. That's what I think of him. And <laughs> I just think the guy is a black guy on wrestling, not only for the work that he did, but just the person that he is. The uh, the match I love itself is this the whole time with a blockbuster shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> the match the match itself is MJF and Joey Ryan for the MLW Middleweight Championship. This is one of the things I wrote down. Matt Stryker is so apt when he says here that uh, he calls Joey Ryan wrestling a, a, a wrestling transmittable disease. I love that line. <laughs> that was a great line. Um, but the match itself. I guess I just I don't know because I I, I I like MJF but the fact that he's in there with Joey Ryan the match to me it's bad you know the dick stuff is stupid the the I don't know just it, it I don't MJF didn't do a bad job but it's a bad match because Joey Ryan's in it and MJF should be embarrassed oh. that he did any of it my my notes on it was MJF's a heat a heat magnet. That putting the lollipop in another man's mouth if you've been sucking on it, that shit really grosses me out. Uh, yeah, um, Joey Ryan gave all that the sexual innuendos by Ryan. 
Jerry Ryan gave that fan herpes. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and all the sexual innuendos by Ryan should have been a forewarning as to what was going to come. Um, uh, MJF winning was a good call. The fact that he participated in this debacle showed his dedication to the business. Well, and Aaron, I know you said, you know, he should be embarrassed that he was a part of it. And I get that. But on the other hand, at this time, he's just a younger guy trying to come up, you know, and he's going to do what yeah. they tell him to do. I get that. But I'm just saying, in general, Mark froze up on us. We'll try to get him back. I'm going to message him, let him know. But yeah, like I said, it's it's uh, MJF. I like MJF, and MJF was fine here, but he sucked because he was in a match with Joey Ryan. <laughs> and MJF, and this is probably not going to be a popular comment, but eventually when MJF gets to the um, WWE, mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh, yeah. No doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. He, he's not the biggest star in the world right now. He's the biggest star. He might be one of the biggest stars in the wrestling industry. But in two years or whatever, when that guy's contract runs out and he goes and works for the E, he's going to be a fucking star. Mark, well, you're mean, back. They yeah, yeah, that yeah. pop that Cody got was the... Yeah, they think that pop that Cody got was big. Wait till MJ, wait till MJF comes out. And I'm not knocking AEW, not at all, because people want to love it and that's fine. But when that guy gets into a an arena that actually has sold out asses every eighteen inches, he'll be a fucking star. He's not a star yet. But he will be. After the match, which MJF wins the match, um, I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have. I, I think I even forgot to write that right down the finish, just because. I, I to be honest with you, I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't. He got, a, he got a pack. Fucking pos took a fucking um, lollipop out of his dick pocket and put it in MJF's mouth. Then MJF ended up hitting a package pile driver on him and pinning him. After the match, MJF cuts a promo, and this is where I put, uh, he called the interviewer the dollar store Oprah Winfrey. Um, and then he he talks about he talks about the veterans in the back, you know, back giving him advice and do this kid and do that kid and you'll be a star. And he essentially says to all the vets, essentially I love it because he's like, the first wrestler to cut to cut a promo about the veterans and then say, I I didn't need you anyway. <laughs> like, you know, usually when they cut that promo, they're cutting a baby face promo and they're like, you know, all the guys that did this for me in the back or whatever. And he's just like, Yeah, just so you know, I've always been a star. I really didn't need you anyway. Yeah, MJF's great, but I didn't enjoy this match because piece of shit was in it. Saying, 
I, I like the fact that he was like, it's talent over tenure. Yeah. <laughs> he should have made that a thing. That's that, that kind of, it's catchy, you know? <laughs> use that over, yeah. use that on saggy tit Jericho now. Have MJF and Jericho had a feud yet? Yes. Okay, I don't watch it. Yeah. My dog's pissed off. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> well, then after this, we get a little bit of um, stuff that really doesn't. I mean, it does have a little bit of impact on the the match, the 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 battle riot match itself at some point. But essentially, they're showing us here the the story of Shane Strickland and the MLW Championship and how it's now on low key, and um, the things that they've transpired to make that happen. And one of the things that I have to comment on though, is there is a promo and it is Loki with his manager, Serena De, De La Renta, how she has never made it to one of the big two promotions. I don't know because she is really good, really good. She's yeah. a good bitch heel manager. All right. No, I said, uh, Am I the only one that got the vibes that Loki could have played uh, Hitman in the movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, that's he what has he's the look. going for. He has the look. He has the – yeah. And he's he's a guy – he's another guy that I'll say, like right there with Stryker as a commentator, for me as a wrestler, Loki's always been – I never understood why he didn't go farther than he did. He's he's really, yeah. really good. Um, Everything I heard about him, he had a um... – like I said, I'm not in the business and any of that. But everything I heard about him was that he had kind of an attitude of I'm better than everybody else and nobody needs to tell me anything. Well, that's not going to go too far in the WWE, that's for sure. Yeah. Like when he did that Caval gimmick, it was like, oh, this is, I'm not Caval, I'm low-key. And this, that, and other thing. It's like, go in there do what they how do I say it it's like go into it take what they give you and then show them what you can do you know what I mean it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's. It, I try to preface this like when I say this about people it's kind of like what Cactus did like Mick didn't want to be um, what was it? Um, Morphous and mutilator, or whatever they fucking called him. Morgan, yeah. I think it was, I think it was gonna be, I think he was gonna be Morgus the mutilator or something yeah. like that. So, so then he was like, What about mankind? And they were like, Okay. And then they gave him the suit, and he's like, Oh, the suit. And he's like, I'm an old brown, I look like a turd, but at least he got mankind past him, you know, like a mm -hmm. mankind. And then, okay, I'll show them what I can do with mankind, and I'll put my different stuff. I'll put my, like, this is what we want you to do with it. Okay, well, I'm going to put, once they give it to me, I'm going to put my twist on it, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then they they start um, noticing what you're doing with the character that they gave you, and then they feel comfortable enough with you being able to have on it you know yeah it's just like any other job you have to eat their shit to get promoted yeah and and, and learn <laughs> their 
ways of doing it and then showing them, okay, well, like, okay, I've done what you've wanted me to do. Now see what I can do with what you gave me. And now I'm going to add to it and make it better. Like Mick did that. And then he eventually got into the three phases of Foley and Cactus Jack got on the WWF and all that shit. If Loki would have fucking ate the goddamn Caval shit and just used it to his benefit, he probably would have had a better career. Jericho but went. Through, Jer- Jericho went through the same thing the first year yeah. he was there. Jericho's you know? a good example too. You know, it's like that's what people need to do. But there's guys that just have this fucking whatever dick wad mentality yeah <laughs> that they don't want to do that it's like and i think he was i think that's what hindered his time there you know like because because loki went in on nxt mm-hmm. when they were doing the 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 um fucking reality show shit on it you know what i mean and yeah. he didn't accept it Guess who did accept the fucking game show shit and went with it? Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Daniel Bryan's fucking coach on NXT was The Miz, and he fucking owned it, and he made him realize that he was a fucking star because yeah. he took the shit and he made it work. And mm-hmm. he didn't have the preconditioned or whatever thought of I'm better than these people or this guy or that guy. He just went in there, did his fucking job that was given to him, played his role and turned it into fucking something. And Loki didn't do that. <laughs> I think his coaches were the Bellas and he didn't, he didn't utilize it. It could have been great <laughs> shit. Like if I'm a, a sports entertainer writer and I take this guy that has the personality of a fucking Brillo pad and I put him with the Bellas. I'm going to make this shit work. You know what I mean? Right. right. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so now we roll into the battle riot match itself and the rules. It's kind of like a Royal Rumble, but not. There are 40 participants. Uh, one enters every minute. And you can be eliminated over the top rope to the floor, or also by pinfall or submission. So it's like it's like a '99 World War Three or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like the stipulation that you could bring anything you wanted to the ring. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a. The funny thing about it is, a lot of times when you see a promotion do something like a Royal Rumble. It doesn't come off good just because I don't think that there aren't a lot of wrestling minds like a Pat Patterson or whoever books the Rumbles now that can can conceptualize a match like that. And I'm sure right. Court Bauer, I'm sure Court Bauer was in charge of this, and I thought it was constructed well. I thought it was well paced. But didn't uh, only one person bring something into the ring? I think I think you're right. Uh, it was just Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. Well, the first two, they kind of do the the demolition open here. You know, the first Royal Rumble where it was, or the first Royal Rumble on pay-per-view, where it happened to be Axe and Smash that drew number one. Um, that's pro wrestling, though. Was, Pentagon, Pentagon was, Jr. and Ray Phoenix draw number one and two. Pentagon, Phoenix, and Ray Phoenix. 
Are there last names? <laughs> like, no, it's, it's like Pentagon, Junior, and Ray Phoenix. But Pentagon's last name is Phoenix. Because that's his brother. No. So it's Pentagon Phoenix. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't they don't say Pentagon Phoenix though. <laughs> or is Ray's last name Junior? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Ray Ju- Ray Junior and it wasn't Ray Jr. <laughs> he was on SmackDown. Well, of course, because these two guys are the ones that start, it's a hot start to the show, to the to the match. You know, I'm a big fan of these two. Um, and uh, number three is Big Sloppy Brody King. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest though. Like. The way that he's always been billed in in all these promotions and stuff, I expected him to last longer than he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's but and and you have a you have the problem in this one. You have the problem, and that's one of the problems in this one is there are too many quote unquote monsters in the match, so it's hard to put over. You know what I mean? It's hard to have five right. or six monsters in a match and then put over this, put over a certain guy as the monster of the match because he's not the monster of the match. Yeah, there's quite right. a few monstrosities in it too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I told these guys before we recorded, I had notes in between some of the entries and not in between all of the entries. So, if you guys, as we go through, have any notes in between, cut me I off. Have, I have no notes. I just have who entered. Because a lot of these guys, I have no idea who they are. All right. Well, Mark, if you have I, anything, just cut me off and and let and just chime in at any time. Yeah, about uh, Pentagon and Phoenix starting it out. It was refreshing that they didn't just wait on the next person. Right. Number four. They should have. Like, if I'm in a battle royal and then I see Nate come out, I'm just going to be like, you want a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> I just chill. But anyway, good. Number four is Ken Doan. Who those of you may oh, remember him as Kenny. Of. Yes, Kenny from the Spirit Squad. Kenny Dykstra. Um, he he's one of those guys. I don't know. WWE tried with him and it just didn't work out. He's, he's there now. He's, he's actually an agent. agent now. He's an agent now. He just broke up. I just saw him on Raw like two weeks ago breaking up something. I don't know what it was, but he was out there breaking it up. Yeah, a, part, a part of me popped. I was like, Spirit Squad. <laughs> yeah, fucking um, um, Adam Pierce is doing his fucking employee review tomorrow, I think. You know what? <laughs> you know what's the, you know what was like one of the, speaking of Spirit Squad. You know, it was actually my not. I mean, as not the not wrestling squad was cool. No, I don't was. give a fuck what anybody's <laughs> cool ass fucking gimmick. It it, it was, was different. And, That's for damn sure. And and not, not and not not taking away from any of the. I'm not talking about the wrestling, but I think my favorite thing about the whole act would be when um they would they would be getting ready to do their cheer. And Nick Nemeth would be like, Ready! Yeah. Ready! Like, okay! <laughs> okay! <laughs> the fucking Spirit Squad was a great fucking gimmick. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, we got Dolph Ziggler out of that. I just think that gimmick was three years too late. I think. Yeah, I can see that. The next guy that enters number five is Tom Lawler, who I am a fan of. Um, Is he still in MLW? Uh, Don't get me lying. I haven't watched anything on MLW in like the last three or four months. Okay. Well, he's another guy that at this time when I was watching along with MJF and Shane Strickland, I thought was going to be, all right, this guy's going to be in WWE. Because at this time, AEW didn't exist, folks. So there was no no AEW to consider. But I figured this dude would be in in the WWE within a couple of years and just has never happened. So I don't know if he went back to, to MMA or, or what the deal was, but I like him. Um, he's yeah, he reminded me of Ken Shamrock, except for with better promo ability. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably an agent now. <laughs> Number six is Lance Anoe, one of the, I know, I know as, as, as Matt Stryker says, I know what a family. Okay, uh, I don't remember this one. He's Sam's son. Okay, what I saw, and they were like, oh, Lance Anawani. I was like, is this like a Lance Von Eric? Like, he's a fake one. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember this one. (laughs) They're just going to strap all the fake ones with the name Lance. (laughs) (laughs) This is Lance Anawani, Lance Von Eric. Here's Lance Lance Hart. Lance Lawler. (laughs) Lance McMahon. Lance Steiner. Yeah, Lance Steiner. <laughs> Lance, Lance Anderson. That one Lance sounds Rose. like it actually Lance Anderson sounds like it actually happened. I don't know why, but <laughs> he's probably taking on NXT next week. <laughs> Number seven to come in is Ray Horace. And I put a note that I have here. Pentagon hits a sick Enzigurian Horace. When he, yes, he when does. They have their little altercation. Horace Boulder? <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> Horace Boulder. <laughs> Number eight. No, it's the little the little luchador guy. Max Mini. <laughs> We're gonna talk <laughs> about Max Mini on my show whenever we do that. He's <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. That Microman guy that uh, Chad keeps talking about. Yeah, Microman's up next. Kevin Sullivan, number eight. And he, he has the golden spike with him. Tony makes reference to it, but he doesn't think he's seen the golden spike since 1983. Um, the crowd pops, of course, because it's Kevin fucking Sullivan. Um, and, you can know. I say, can I say this? I didn't say it at the top of what we were talking about. And I put, like, Nate, you like doing, like, unpopular opinions or whatever on the Facebook page or whatever. Fucking Tony does a great job on this fucking show. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Tony's great. Tony Schiavone is great. He's great. When you, when you give him a product, he can sink his teeth into, you know, He's fantastic. Just saying there, there's a reason. There's a reason that he, two reasons that he had the, the staying ability and why he's still doing what he does today. Number one, is he's very good at his job. And number two is that I've never heard anybody say anything that he wasn't the most sincere, supportive. You know, he get like I was oh, on Bobby. Bobby hated him. 
Yeah, I know. Bobby didn't like him, but um, I think that was more just their chemistry. But just like I was recently, um, as you guys know, I was on John Arezzi's podcast and I was on with Eric Bischoff. And I asked Eric, because with the time frame that we were talking about was in 93, where Bill Watts had just been shit canned and Eric was about to take his job. Okay. And I asked him, I said, there's there's so much negative that people talk about about all the time about you know and and he he agreed that it was like it was like a shark tank you know at the in the upper echelons of of WCW and that people were trying to undercut other people all the time and I asked him but who 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 was your most biggest supporters when you first got your job and he said the first person to call him was Tony Schiavone and he said him and his wife and Tony and his wife went out to dinner and Tony told him, "You have the job now. I will, even though I, even though I was also going for the job. You're the man in charge. It's your vision. I will do whatever you need me to do to support you. I will do whatever whatever you want me to do to make you succeed." That's a stand-up guy, you know. Tony was going for that job too. Yep. So, I mean, what a, what a cool what a, what a way what a way to put into perspective the kind of person Tony is behind the scenes. Yeah, you can't say that the better man won there, but. <laughs> but the man that won one and the guy that didn't was like, you know what? You're the boss now and, and I'm here for the ride, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He knew how to do his fucking job. But, I respect uh, him. I respect a motherfucker that can stay in his lane. Yep. <laughs> and and you know why? Because in my life, I'm a motherfucker that can stay in his lane. <laughs> well kevin sullivan comes in here and uh wreaks a little havoc for 30 seconds or whatever and then tom lawler makes him tap out you weren't gonna expect kevin sullivan at his age in 2018 to be in there for 30 minutes so this was fine <laughs> he can't even see yeah it. sullivan definitely wasn't winning the battle right <laughs> and he can't even see over the top rope number nine <laughs> is falaba I love Fallaball. <laughs> I, I I love the whole gimmick just because it it's like to me it's like Yokozuna mixed with Rikishi mixed with some comedy. I mean not Rikishi Umaga. Rik, uh, it's Yoko Umaga mixed with some comedy and some gym shorts. One <laughs> <laughs> of the one of the seriously though him coming out like don't put the thong on if you ain't willing to let it either form fit or show your ass. He's wearing some Zumbas <laughs> with a goddamn thong. Fall up. <laughs> number number ten is Swaggle. He's and he awesome. comes in. Come he comes in and bites Fallaball in the ass. And then essentially, <laughs> everybody. Well, that's what I was going to say. Essentially, they do Hornswoggle as Brock Lesnar <laughs> in this, in this <laughs> thing. He just proceeds to belly to back suplex everybody in the match. Is it? Is it so, so, <laughs> so here's the question. Here's the question. I know we were all chuckling at it, but is Hornswoggle being able to suplex all these men in the ring shitting on the business? Uh, a fine line, huh? <laughs> we like to say it. We like to say, it. but can we walk the walk? We can talk the talk, but can we walk the walk? 
Yes I, and no. I would say this, Nate, and I'm a very much environment person. Mm-hmm. In this environment, it's not. Okay. And I've always been in, in, like an environmental person in wrestling. Like in this environment, no. Because it's like Mark said when you were supposedly talking to your wife, but probably dropping heat. (laughs) Mark was like, this is a glorified indie show. So they're in front of their audience at that time doing their thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So in this environment at that time doing their thing. No, I don't think it's shitting on the business. It's the same way where um, we were talking about Cornette and all the stuff that he shit on. Like, I like watching shit from Chikara. Like, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But that was a room in front of like a hundred people and they're just having fun. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you would have Hornswoggle go out on WrestleMania and he's fucking belly to back and and German suplex and Brock Lesnar, I'm going to be like, fuck off. But if he's throwing around fucking fake Lance Anawana and fucking great hours, I don't give a fuck. Uh, and, And I'll say this, going back to Kenny. Kenny sold the suplex, the uh, belly to back suplex, the best. Yeah, like, like to me, I don't have a problem with that. It, it was meant for comedy, and, and it definitely accomplished its job. The next man out is, <laughs> but, but but if somebody's gonna, and the other thing too is, I weigh one hundred and eighty-two pounds. Okay. But I'm not an athletic human being. Hornswoggle's a midget. Are we allowed to say midget anymore? Can we say midget on this show? <laughs> He's vertically challenged. We, we can say anything on this show. The only person that can cancel it is me. Okay. <laughs> I'm a 185 pound normal man. Hornswoggle's a trained professional wrestler. So guess what he might be able to do to me? Suplex you. He might be able to fucking suplex me. He might be able to get me off my balance and suplex me. Because he's a trained fucking professional wrestler. So I will say he's a trained professional wrestler. So he might be able to do that. He needs to open up a wrestling school and call it School of Swag. So he might be able to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's fucking... I don't know where I was going at. Sorry. Who's the next person out? The the next guy out is Samu. And uh, he gets eliminated by his own son, Lance. Supposedly. Too brute. Supposedly. His own son. His alleged son. Okay. To the best of our knowledge. We might come out in the magazines later and say that that was a uh, lie. And he was a cousin. 
that lied about it. <laughs> Next out is ACH. And then Conan. And then Ooh. Precious comes out. <laughs> Precious. Yeah. That fat black chick from the movie. Oh, I, thought you, I was like, I was thinking Jimmy Garvin's precious. I was like, what the no. fuck are you talking about? Fat Rod from that movie. I like, what did I, what did I miss? The, the biggin' from that movie. The Barrington Hughes. That was Barrington Hughes. That was Fun fact, I, I've actually had conversations with Barrington Hughes. He, he's a good person. And uh, if, if you follow, like, his journey on actually making it to somewhat you know the bigger time not so low-key 50 people in a bar type wrestling promotions it's actually pretty cool i thought that was that big black broad for the movie (laughs) barrington hughes barrington hughes is a big old dude for those of you that haven't gathered the theme here um he's a big fella the caramel kodiak (laughs) Well, I love that. The <laughs> caramel Kodiak. The caribou Klondike. The caramel, caramel Kodiak. Kodiak. Oh, I just thought he was a big fat black broad. It's okay. <laughs> well, uh, Barrington and Falaba do the you know the, the fat guy thing where <laughs> they just just stand belly to belly and kind of belly bop each other. Yeah, Precious was like, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Yeah, I thought it was either I thought it was Precious or Nell Carter. I wasn't sure. <laughs> number what 15 is Jimmy. <laughs> number fifteen. Yeah, Nate's trying to get me away from that. Number 15 <laughs> is Jimmy. I don't that know was who he is. Big black broad from Give Me a Break, right? I, I know that. <laughs> They actually do. They actually do a. You know, okay. Usually, when they do the guys gang up on the fat guy to get him out of a battle royal, and then they succeed. I actually like this spot where Phoenix and Penta are trying to get Falaba out, and but and they get him out, but his big fat momentum takes them over with him, and they actually get yeah. eliminated. I thought that was a cool spot. Yeah, there's, there's a different. spot later where they put out Nell Carter and everybody goes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that been ahead? Number 16 is Coto uh, Brazil. Number 17 is Richard Holiday. Yeah, Nate. That's him. Tell me what you think about Richard Holiday. Not much. Really? Yeah. This is the one dude in this entire fucking thing that his entrance, his look, his size, that I would think that if a WWE agent was looking at it, would be the one dude that they were like, this guy could be one of our guys. Okay. He just didn't make an impact on me, I guess. uh, he didn't have a lot. And he didn't I made a lot in the match. He didn't do a lot in the match, but I'm just saying, like, like his build, his size, like he's he's about the same size of uh, what's his name, um, 
uh, the guy that uh, wound up being T-Bar. Oh, um, uh, uh, Dominic Dijakovic? Dijakovic. Yeah. He's the same size as that fucking guy. He's got a build. And he actually was the first guy that I saw in this entire thing that looked like a fucking... And, and I'm not saying this being negative. I'm saying this as a like looking at it as like a WWF or WWE type agent would look at it as he's the first guy that looked like a fucking wrestler. Like a bar yeah, like, I, like a Billy Gun sized guy. You know what I mean? And and I made the comment that uh his gimmick is how they should have uh, strapped on uh, Ted DiBiase, like that most marketable man in wrestling thing. And Aaron made the comment that, that that's how they should have pushed Corbin. Yeah. Like, like he's the first guy that came out where I looked at it of, I was like, this dude looks like a fucking wrestler. You know, like when we said it fucking um, heroes of legends or whatever. And, Watch the guys come out in the battle royal, and we're like, "That guy looks like a that guy looks like the guy." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's he's the first guy in this entire battle royal. Where I was just like, "That guy looks like a fucking wrestler." But number eighteen, okay. number eighteen is a gentleman named Fred Yehi. I don't know I Fred Yeti. I thought he was the Yeti. <laughs> Tony Schiavone no. should have picked up on that. He should have been like. Fred, it's actually uh, yay high, yay high, yay high, yeah, yeah, like, like, did you see that short fella? He was yay high, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Sullivan. (laughs) Back to the Yeti again, Aaron. Number 19, (laughs) I didn't even catch the guys, Mark, Aaron, somebody. I just wrote down number nineteen, and it's, I wrote down Jason. I don't know who he was. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all, that's all that said was Jason. Okay. Well, I guess I wasn't not paying attention then, because that's all I wrote. And then we have, like Aaron <laughs> said, we have the spot next where everybody goes to eliminate Barrington Hughes. They eliminate him, but everybody goes over with him, so it leaves Tom Lawler in the ring as the solo participant. And then Teddy Hart is number twenty. And do you think and Teddy? Do you think spot, Teddy Hart? Do you think Teddy Hart went into business for himself here? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. all he gives a fuck about is himself and his cats. <laughs> that spot, this whole fucking spot, he he should have not even been in this damn thing. If you ask me, like that whole spot was stupid. <laughs> Come out, get up on the damn rope and do a moonsault and eliminate yourself because you're too much of a pansy to get in the ring with Tom Lawler. Teddy Hart is um and this might be and I'm not even gonna say this of saying any promotion that did it with him but Teddy Hart is one of the biggest Wastes of talent that has ever existed, and it's not any promotion or anything that anybody tried to do with him is even on himself because that dude could have been and should have been one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling. <laughs> 
Right. But I agree. shit attitude and weirdness and mm-hmm. inability to not not be, be so egotistical and insane and unprofessional and unprofessional is a fucking shame because that dude has amazing charisma and talent and if he would have just been able to not be whatever the fuck he is now could have been one of the biggest stars in in the business like yeah, he's gonna hear this He's going to hear this and troll the fuck out of us now. Huh? He's going to hear this and troll the fuck out of us now. Well, I don't give a (laughs) shit. I'll tell him. Him and his cats can fuck off. But (laughs) if he would have kept his head straight, like, he he was... I don't want to say it. He was all what... All the hearts... Did singly great together, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I and I agree. He had he had so much potential, but he just pissed it all down the drain. Yeah, like, like he was as good as Owen was in the ring. And as good as Brett was in the ring, but also had the charisma and the promo ability of of Bruce, because Bruce had great promos. I don't, I don't care. I've watched Bruce promos; they're good. I just that dude had all of the elements of all of the great hearts. And it was just all packaged together, and he just did nothing with it because he just wanted to be a prick and fucking pet his cats and whatever. I don't want to talk too much about Teddy Hart because he he was an asshole here, but I just think that dude squandered his career. Number twenty one is a man named Vandal Ortagon, who is apparently from Turkey. And uh, he had a good look to Yeah, he's quickly dispatched though by Tom Lawler. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's stuffed. That turkey got stuffed. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> then number 22, I love Mike Mondo. And I love <laughs> the fact that his choke out breathing was with the whistle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear what Tony Schiavone said? I don't. I didn't write it down. If I did, he said it's not even a good whistle. It looks like he bought it from Five Below. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting on a spot for where they stuck that whistle where the sun didn't shine, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was great. It was great to see Mike Mondo in this match. I was always a fan of Mike. Um, He's like he's one of those guys that. it, it it's it it sucks to say it, but he's one of those guys. Where his size is what hurt him, you know, as far as getting upward mobility. Yeah, and he was. Right. Yeah, I think. He, I think. I don't know if I'm right, but I think he became a teacher trainer later. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. 
He had, oh, sorry, Nate. No, that's all right. Go ahead. Um, not the substance abuse of it, but he's kind of like a Joey Mercury. You know, it's gotcha. like we're we're the people in the business understand how talented he is, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a number Norman 20, Donald. Number, tw- number 23 is PCO. Um, <laughs> I, I popped. I popped. Yeah. Gotta love PCO. He was, then, um, did you hear the comments that they made? They were like, I don't think he could choke him out. He'll probably like it. <laughs> what, he, Bruce, um, what Bruce Purchase say about him? He's like, he can catch a ball. <laughs> like, I, I, that's one of my unpopular opinions too. Is people don't don't like Bruce Pritchard. I like Bruce Pritchard. Like, I I appreciate Bruce Pritchard for being as loyal as he is to the McMahon family. But like, that's one thing. Like, he would always say about fucking Jean Pierre Lafitte. It's like, yeah, he's got one eye, but he can catch a ball. You know, it's like, throw the ball over here and he's still fucking catch it. How goddamn impressive is that? <laughs> I I am um I was a fan of him in the Quebecers. I was a fan of him as Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Um and I am like I know the gimmick's silly, the PCO thing is silly, but it was at this time and even to to, to this day. It was so cool to see him get like a resurrection of his career. Yeah, you know? for, and, and he's an underrated. I know he's not the biggest dude in the world, but I'd consider him a big man wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like like Nate, we were talking about when I asked you if Animal, would you consider Animal a big man wrestler? Yeah. He's about the same size as Animal. Right. Yeah. He could do them flips. He could do all that shit. And he was in, um, you might not remember it, or neither one of you might not remember it, but remember when they had, um, um, oh, what the fuck was his name? It was it in TNA, it was like Mr. X or whatever. Yeah. And it was like the X guy in the X division. Yep. That was, that was, that was Jacques, or not mm-hmm. Jacques, that was Pierre. Like, that was him. He was doing that flip where he'd fucking land on the ramp in fucking TNA. Fucking PCO is a fucking talent. And um, he did great with Jacques. He had great fucking matches with Brett. Were all of his gimmicks great? No. But he was a talented fucking wrestler. And and he resurrected his goddamn career. Number twenty four is another Anuai. It's L.A. Smooth. Um, PCO pin, PCO pins him. Is that the only? Because it's the only one I have. Is that the only one that's where somebody got pinned in the match? Now there was a couple. Of no, them. no. Because oh, uh, okay. Barrington Hughes uh, eliminated Lance Anuai and. I want to say Kenny with uh he used one hand on each. Oh, okay. okay. This is the only time Striker fucks up in the match too, calling it. <laughs> because he comes out and his his cryon says um 
LA Smooth. And he comes out, and Matt Striker's like, oh, here's Lloyd Anawani. Right. He calls him Lloyd. He calls him Matt <laughs> Here's a Lloyd. <laughs> that's intimidating. Yeah. Lloyd's out here. That's <laughs> number number 25 is Simon Gotch. Goddamn right it is. And... <laughs> Sorry, you guys probably didn't want to say anything else about Simon Gotch, but I got to say about Simon Gotch. Go ahead. It is one of the last gimmicks, like legitimate gimmicks, that the WWE did that I thought was fantastic. The Vaude Villains. The Vaude Villains should have been way bigger than what they were. That was a fucking great gimmick. Him and Aiden English should have went to the fucking moon. I he's another him. one of he's another one of those guys like I forget who you were talking about earlier. Um it, he's another one of those guys that uh it was uh, from everything I understood it was attitude that got in his way. Yeah. But um I just thought that fucking gimmick was great. Yeah. And I and I enjoyed the fact that it was kind of like the circus strongman type thing. Yeah, like when the guy would come out with the big horn or whatever at the beginning of it, and be like the vaudeville. I thought that vaudevillains gimmick was great. Number twenty six is homicide. Number twenty seven. This is the guy. This is another one of those guys that I'm like, why, why, because. WWE never capitalized on him. It's Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get how you have that talent and squander it. But he didn't squander it. They did. It's not his fault. From what I understood, he had an alcohol problem. So did Jake Roberts. Who doesn't have an alcohol problem? (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) <laughs> number 28 is the blue meanie which popped me i love the blue meanies dance thing when he does like when he's trying to get somebody to dance with him and he doesn't he doesn't do like he you know he's got the dance but when he's like trying to get somebody to dance with him he just does it just a little bit like you know how right. he'll just be like <laughs> this is what we do this is what you gotta do right here is just do this <laughs> but anyway it, it was cool to see the yeah. meanie Talking about interviews, have you ever listened to any of his interviews? Oh yeah, absolutely. He seems like the most humble fucking dude. Um, like, uh, all his, he was. Oh, sorry, Nate. I was just gonna say his 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 interviews generally are great, but if you have not, the best interview I've ever heard him do, and I think it was because they had the interviewer got the most out of him. Um, guy that was on our show a few weeks ago and um, a member of our Facebook group, Brian R. Solomon, he was on Shut Up and Wrestle. Um, and I always put over podcasts I like, and that's definitely a great fucking podcast. But uh, one of the first one of the first episodes of Shut Up and Wrestle with Brian Solomon, he had Blue Meanie on it, and it is a great interview. Talking about him being a fan and talking, I don't know, he's, he's a great, he's a great, like, great. All interview. he wanted to do was make enough money in the wrestling business to buy his uh um was his grandma mm-hmm. and mom a fucking house. Like, that's all I want to do. I just want to 
make enough money to support you too because you supported me while I was doing this. Right. And and he was a bleacher creature in the ECW and it's like he's one of the true fans like we are that was able to turn it into a fucking career. And oh I watched the interview of his one time and then I sent it to Chad Austin and Chad Austin sent me a message back and said he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Of course Chad would say that. <laughs> and Chad would say, Nobody knows who the fuck they're That's guy. Chad's gimmick, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a ham bone. That's Chad's gimmick. Yeah. yeah. You were like, be like, did you watch Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko? And he's like, he'd be like, those hams. <laughs> Let's watch Ben Franklin write the goddamn Declaration of Independence and be like, that fucking queer doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at his hand bone hair. Look at his look at his hand look at his hand bone hairdo. Yeah, look at that queer in his capri pants. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Number 29 is a gentleman named Michael Patrick. I fucking don't know him. Who'd he ever beat? Number 30 is Sammy Callahan. Boo. Yeah. Um, do you know what's in my notes, Nate? In my quotations? Is it about Tommy Cairo? Yeah. It's when Tommy Cairo, Nate, and I, and uh, Chad were talking to him. And Sam and and Tommy Cairo was watching TV. And Sammy Callahan came on. And he was like, oh. There's Sally. There's Sally Callahan. Look at that guy. Looking like a little dyke. That's what he said Sammy Callahan looks like. A little dyke. That was funny. But go ahead. Number 31 is Sawyer Fulton. Who looks like a fucking star. Yep. That guy should be bigger. That guy should be a bigger deal. And wrestling than 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 he is now. But I agree. Yeah, Murder Hawk. That dude should be a fucking. Star. Nah, that's that's a Madman Fulton, ain't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was with uh, with Eric Young in the. Uh, so did uh, I miss? Did I did I mix up the guys? No, Sawyer Fulton. Sawyer Fulton was Madman Fulton. You said oh, Murder yeah. Hawk. Murder Hawk is Lance Archer. But Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. But yeah, I knew what you were saying, and yeah, he was Madman Fulton. He was uh, with the uh, what the fuck was Eric Young's little stable called? By, by design, wasn't it? No, I mean in WWE, wasn't he with him in uh, WWE Sanity. too? Sanity, yes, yes, yeah. Um, the modern stuff, it just it I don't retain it that, like I did. That's where it went away. So I'm sorry <laughs> if people are getting mad because I fucked up somebody's goddamn nickname. <laughs> If I did, go fuck yourself. Number 32 is Shane Strickland, who I am a big fan of, as everybody knows. Um, I don't know number, about him. Number 33 is Leon Scott, who I believe is one half of the Dirty Blondes tag yes. team. Um, yeah, they made that uh, joke saying that he, he looked like a modern Dick Murdoch. Yeah, Dick Murdoch. Number 34 is Drago. I like his look. Like like that whole gimmick is cool to me for some reason. I don't I don't know why it's over. It's just it's different. 
Mm -hmm. And we, and I agree, but I just, I, I honestly, if, if I have seen much of him, like not in a situation like this, like actually in a match match, I don't remember right. it. So I don't know about his in-ring work, but you're right. He had a cool look and a cool gimmick. Um, yeah. Number 35 is Leo Bryan, the other half of the Dirty Blondes, and they say he is the son of Bobby Jaggers. So for yeah, me, he's so immediately, he's immediately on the shelf. He's no, immediately on the shelf for me. Like on your on your collectible shelf? Like behind you? <laughs> what about it? He's on your collectible shelf because you love Bobby, Bobby Jaggers. Bobby J, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they made a Bobby Jaggers figure, I would buy it just to melt it with a blowtorch. I mean, it would already look like it was half melted anyway. <laughs> look like that thing from the Goonies. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Big fat no talent. All right, number 36 is, uh, speaking of no talent, Joey Ryan. 37 is MJF. They come out and they pretty much um, both get eliminated. Um, I don't remember. Did they eliminate each other? Uh, no. Not they, were eliminated by, they were eliminated by the guys that were with Sammy Callahan. Oh, okay. All right. So they're Bobby, both out. They were eliminated by Bobby Jaggers Jr. Right? Yeah, it was one of the guys from that was with Sammy and the other one, Dirty Blonde. Yeah, Bobby Jaggers Jr. Yeah. Number 38 is BJJ. <laughs> Number 38 is Jake Hager. Number, thir <laughs> Number 39 is John Hennigan. So Jake Hager comes out, then John Hennigan comes out, and all of a sudden I think I'm watching Royal Rumble 2010. But it's not. It's not. Um, but yeah, John Hennigan, of course, is John Morrison. Jake Hager is Jack Swagger. Or those of you that watch AEW now know is he's Jake Hager. Um, that guy. With him coming in so late, I was like, man, this is my pick. And and him him in a ring with and I'm not I'm not I'm not dissing the other people in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but him in the ring. With the talent that is in this MLW roster at this time, he looks like a WWE fucking superstar. You know what I mean? Like you, you see yeah. a man, and I'm not dissing the other wrestlers, but there is a there. You can look in a ring with a bunch of guys in it and say that guy is a WWE fucking superstar, and that's you're talking, about, you're talking about Swagger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I agree with Swagger. All right. Jack Swagger's a fucking talent. And I'm sorry I keep calling him Swagger. That's just what I think of him. It's in border. The all American, American, American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we um, the people. <laughs> what I don't understand is why that company has hired. Fired, hired, and fired somebody like John Morrison either. Like, that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. That dude's a fucking talent. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's got charisma. He can fucking talk. Um, can I've fucking never seen him do anything bad in the fucking ring. 
The only thing like, I'll say, the only thing I'll say, there's only to me, honestly, there's only one, there's only one um, hole in John Morrison's game, and it's not even really like a bad thing. I just, I never dig him as much when he's a face as when he's a heel. He's just to me, he's just a natural yeah. heel. Yeah, he's a he, he looks like an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's like got that smug, cocky prick look. Yeah, and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that might be why they fucking released him or whatever. Because I just think he's maybe he was miscast, but that's not his fault, right? You know, yeah. but like, it's kind of like you. It's kind of like you were saying, Nate. Where Swagger's on your TV, and this guy looks like a fucking star. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I think the same thing, but I also think the same thing about Morrison. It's like, why the fuck? Would you even ever get rid of this guy? And, and I felt like him and the Miz was a good pair in WWE. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And number forty is a walking case of hepatitis, Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> like when I look at him, I just like if there was a commercial about like a prescription to get rid of hepatitis, Jimmy Havoc would play hepatitis. <laughs> In the commercial. He looked like he just had a needle in his arm before he come out. <laughs> yeah. I, don't really, I don't really know who he is. Uh, you, you're, you're not missing shit. Um, so the match progresses, and then um, pretty much the last... Like, you sounded like Raylan Givens' dad there. It's shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Arlo Givens. Scott yeah, like Arlo Givens. <laughs> Shit, shit. Um, <laughs> the last four in the uh, in the battle royal are Shane Strickland, Sammy Callahan. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Am I right? It's Strickland, Callahan, Hager, and Morrison, right? Correct. Okay. Wait. No, no. You said who now? I said Strickland, <laughs> Strickland, Callahan, John Hager. Oh, it, I'm sorry. I didn't write no, Tom Lawler no, down. You're wrong. Yeah, Lawler. It's Tom Lawler, Hager, Morrison, Strickland, and Sammy. And then I wrote down here, Strickland and Sammy are on the apron. And then uh, Sammy gives Strickland a pile driver on the apron and eliminates him. And then as soon as that happens, Tom Lawler puts a sleeper on Sammy, and Sammy falls to the ground, which eliminates him. So our final three are John Hager. John, I keep saying Morrison, but here they're billing him as John Hennigan. But John Morrison, John Hager, and or Jack Hager, Jack and, Hager, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> ah, too many J's, and Tom Lawler. So Hager eliminates Morrison. I'm just gonna say fucking Morrison. And then there's good action here. They actually have a good little final, you know, couple of minutes. As it's, it's a match between uh, Tom Lawler and Jake Hager. Jake Hager uh, gets a ankle lock on Lawler, and Lawler's kind of over the top rope, and he uses his foot to propel Hager to the outside. Tom Lawler wins the battle riot. Good story told with him here in the context of MLW at the time. That was kind of the, they were telling his story here. Um, coming yeah, he came out what third, number five. Gotcha. 
But yeah, he came in early and won the whole thing, and and it was a good job putting him over. And and I have to say, overall, this battle riot deal, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I wasn't mad at it. Well, from Aaron, that's high praise. <laughs> I'd say I'd say if I had to rate it on a scale like you would in school, it would definitely have been a B plus. Yeah, and to be honest, I gave it a C, so we were pretty close. We were pretty close. It was, and I'm talking about the whole show, like the whole show. Actually, I'd get the battle riot itself. I'd probably give a B, a B plus, or a, or a B, but the, the entire the entire show itself, I gave it a C. Um, I thought it was a good effort from MLW here five years ago, as we speak. And um, Aaron, what did you think? I thought it was the I didn't like either one of the regular matches I really didn't but the battle royal wasn't bad and the other thing I liked about it was oh, go ahead sorry that's uh, that's all right the other thing I liked about it was I appreciate when a wrestling company can get the shit done in less than a couple of hours like yeah, yeah. that was seriously <laughs> something like I hadn't watched it because I hadn't had time because I was working and then I was like, oh, man, I get off of work, and now i got to go watch this fucking indie show. And it's going to be like three hours and 77 minutes. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is an hour and 36 minutes. I can do this. Yes, I appreciate that, <laughs> especially in the era of every goddamn pay-per-view has to be five fucking hours long. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I, I appreciated that as well. But overall, like I said, I think we all pretty much, you know, enjoyed the show. It wasn't a waste of our time to watch it, to discuss it with our with ourselves and our listeners. The only so, thing that I oh, sorry. No, go ahead. The one thing that I wish indie wrestling would do, and I know this is an old show, so they might be doing it now, but I'm sure they're not. Is don't try to do or make your show look like what's on TV right now. Right. You know what I mean, like I respect the guys and everything that were in this, this battle riot or whatever, but it was basically a fucking Royal rumble. And they were like, Oh, whoever wins this can choose whenever they want to cash in their championship. So it's just the money in the bank thing. It's like, think of something original, and even if it's not that great, I'll respect it more because at least you thought of something original. Yeah, WWE sets the trend. I get what you're saying. I'd rather watch, and I'd also rather watch a fucking indie show that's just in a fucking barn that doesn't have a big screen and this, and it doesn't look HD. You know, I know they all want to look great and all that, but does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. It's but from, like, a, from a business perspective, they want to try to appeal to sponsors and stuff. So I get why they try to get the slick look going. And, and, and I get that too, but I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, that's all I'm saying. And it's I, I, actually, I actually thought about that while I was watching this now that you mentioned it. Um, it's funny because because of technology and how technology has gotten more advanced and cheaper to obtain – 
a cheap, I don't want to say cheap, but a, an, a, an indie quote unquote promotion can obtain such a great look now, even if they aren't making money. You know what I mean? Like the three of us could go and make a fucking goddamn blockbuster. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like a movie in my goddamn yard right now. It's flooded, flooded, but I got a, I got a fucking drone and we can make a fucking movie out there. That's what I'm saying. It's so much easier. Like it ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good, but it's going to look fucking great. (laughs) It's so much easier. Easier to do it now. Like you look at the as we're going My through the early, eyes will pop. the early days of ECW, you know, like ECW looked like garbage because back then it was so expensive <laughs> to produce something that the WWF produced. Yeah, and now on a camcorder. Yeah. Now I can go out there with my fucking camera phone and can make a goddamn great budget looking movie. This script exactly. Because I wrote it in 45 minutes, but the fucking angles are going to be fantastic. Well, Mark, your parting words for our listeners this week? Uh, yeah, just continue to uh, listen to everything on the WrestleNet Radio uh, Podcast Network. Um, I really enjoyed this this episode with you fellas. It was a breath of fresh air to not do, do something that was old and... and uh, Horrible like that because I I, I I didn't like the scaffold match and shit like that in that last show and those like the scaffold match but like like I was saying about that finish and all with the whole thing with <clears throat> with the Von Eric boy and everything it's with Kevin it was like man this is a tribute to your brother Just go out there and fucking put it on the line Aaron parting words. Um, like I said, I don't, I didn't like the first two matches and I can say whatever or whatever you guys want to say about them, but I did like the, the, I keep calling it a battle royal, but that's not the exact name of it. I enjoyed the nutshell it is. I, I enjoyed their little battle riot thing. That was entertaining and it was kind of fun watching something that I hadn't seen before. Like I'd never watched it before, you know, so it was like fresh eyes type deal. Um, for the most part, I'd give that show a C minus and, um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just kind of there and it wasn't the worst modern type product thing I've seen. So, um, with that being said, um, just go ahead and listen to everything on the um, We Can't Wrestle and the WrestleNet Radio Network, um, Reliving the Extreme, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, uh, Indie Spotlight, If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking, and um, uh, my show, which like seven people listen to, and those seven of you, I appreciate it. Uh, the year that was dot, dot, dot. I don't know when we're going to do that again. We can do it tomorrow if you guys have nothing going on in the middle of the afternoon. I actually have a lot going on tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> I have nothing going on. So I'm going to, like, I, I'm all the, I'm doing all my fucking notes. I'm all the way into fucking August, September. <laughs> but anyway, Sheesh. just listen to all those goddamn shows. They're fucking good. 
And if yeah, you're check not, out. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm just gonna say, if you guys aren't listening to these shows, well, the, these people are listening to these shows. Because they wouldn't be hearing me say this. Tell your friends. Tell your goddamn friends. Tell all six of them that you have. This is good shit. <laughs> and then with those six, I've, I've never had six friends in my entire life. <laughs> I've, had, I've had six that aren't related to me. Like I have like six friends. I have lots of acquaintances, but very few friends. Yeah, tell your fucking acquaintances. Yes, <laughs> tell Marge at work. Yeah, hey Marge at work, check out the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. Marge at work. Yeah, when you see Ted Marge at work that watches NWA Power for Trevor Murdoch, hey, check <laughs> out this show. <laughs> yeah. When you see Alan going outside to get his goddamn mail out of his fucking stupid mailbox, be like. Hey, stupid Alan! When you're when you're in the break when you're when you're in the break room with Roger, and he's microwaving his chicken burrito, let him know. Let Roger know. Look, you like your chicken burrito? You want a real chicken burrito? Listen to the Weekend <laughs> Wrestle podcast, pal. <laughs> you fucking idiot! <laughs> but no, seriously, yes. Let your friends know. That's the way we grow. Um. I didn't, I didn't even mean to rhyme there. But anyway, I'm about to bust a move. Anyway. Let them know so we can grow, yo. Yeah. I'm like I'm like a fucking Oscar for Men on a Mission right now. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing trying to build our listenership? We on a mission. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> WrestleNet Radio, Podcast Network, all the shows. And, and check the, out the YouTube page. The, the new WrestleNet Radio. WrestleNet. Go ahead, Aaron. Saddest thing I ever saw was was looking at Oscar sitting at that fucking card table sitting by himself. And he was like, like knowing he had diabetes. But anyway. <laughs> On Damn, YouTube. <laughs> you can like you I can... saw him and I thought he's he doesn't say my feet have. I'm gonna lose my I'm gonna lose my feet. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my feet. <laughs> he said feet. <laughs> All right, to close to close this shit up. YouTube. YouTube. It is WrestleNet. WrestleNet is one word. The WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network on YouTube. There are a few videos up there now, including our new show uh, that is exclusive to our YouTube page, going through wrestling magazines, which we will be doing another one of those this week. So check out the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network on YouTube. Subscribe. View. We're actually getting quite a few views, which I'm pretty happy about it and didn't expect, to be honest. Because Let's go cover to cover. Cover to cover. But that being said, I want to thank Aaron and Mark for joining me this week. I want to thank all of you for joining us. And we'll see you next time around here on the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Have a great week.